This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 42. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a Colored Pencil Podcast, where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts... Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Hey, Lisa, how goes it? Great. How goes it to you too? I am never better. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you know, we're this just getting a- more and more awkward every time we try to, to not say that you're awkward well, yeah. this is a you're an awkward uh that didn't work let's see i like to i like to call people names whenever they throw a name out there it works in my family sometimes it, it kind of backfires sometimes we do my girls and i we do that to each other you know that that is weird I, you're weird yeah but anyway. <laughs> that one all right work. So this is a show about the art of colored pencil where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty-gritty of this medium that we love so much. So Lisa, what are we talking about today? Today we are having a Q&A session where we are answering some of your art questions. Yeah, and we've done this before. We've got several questions. We've got a, a lot of questions, actually. But if you want your question featured here on the show, you can go to sharpenedartist.com slash q and a Q A N D A. Okay, so our first question is from George, and he writes You mentioned colored pencil tips and techniques in the intro to each show. As a new colored pencil artist, I would like to know some of the tips and techniques that you would recommend to those getting into this medium, as well as the kinds of things you see that newer artists don't quite get correct at the beginning. Thanks for the weekly inspiration, humor, and all the work that goes into making. Uh, a weekly podcast uh, makes a Monday commute much more bearable. Well, George, thank you very much for those kind words. I appreciate that. Okay, so as far as like some recommends there, Lisa, for someone just starting out in the medium, what are some quick tips that layer you could would give be my George? first tip? Layer light layers. So mm-hmm. often people get so excited and they're pushing a little too hard thinking it's going to speed things up and it actually, you end up flattening the tooth of the paper too early on and it prevents you from being able to layer and get details you need later. So light layers, keep your pencil sharp. That's another one. If your pencils are very dull, the tip of the pencil is not getting into the grain of the paper. So you're getting more grain showing up, which kind of brings me into next the next question. So I'm not going to go too much into detail on that one just yet. But that would be my big thing. Layer and keep your pencil sharp. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, yeah, we do talk about techniques, I guess. We we say that we're going to, going to talk about techniques and tips and that kind of thing. And we kind of just spread those around um, a little bit, pepper them here and there in uh, most of the shows. Um, we did do a show, I believe, where we talked about kind of getting started in uh, colored pencil. But, yeah, it's all of those things that Lisa talked about. It's also, I mean, it I guess one of the things that that uh, you know, I'd have to agree with Lisa that I see is that uh, people 
uh, are just not pushing the medium far enough. Uh, they're not using dark enough colors often. They're not using enough layers. Mm-hmm. Um, they think they're done um, when the, it looks like they just got started. That yes, kind of thing. that's a big one is yeah. thinking that it's done when it's maybe a quarter of the way through. Yeah, it looks like they just started. Um, yeah, it's not that so, anything is wrong at that point. It's that right. it's just not finished. Yeah, so just just push it further, and it'll come over. You know, over time, your your next one's going to be better than your last one, and you're going to start seeing um, what you want to improve upon. But my other recommendation would be to always just finish, get done with it, and say this is done. I'm going to move on. Don't don't sit there and obsess and go over it and over it and over it. In a year's time, you've only drawn that one drawing. You know. Um, for 12 months or something. I've seen people do that too. Just go on, go on to the next one and uh, start again. My other thing would be to plan your project before you start. Don't think, oh, I'm just going to start doodling and see what happens. I mean, you can do that, but you're not going to finish a great end piece with colored pencil because it's not so forgiving. If you put an eye in the wrong place, make sure it's all drawn out right in the first place. You've got everything really mapped out, everything really planned out well before you ever touch that pencil to the paper. Right, right. And some of those advanced techniques, I mean, like Scraffito and uh, burnishing, I guess we could consider possibly advanced, uh, using OMS, uh, removing color, lifting color, some of those other things. I mean, that'll, that'll come with time and you'll be frustrated with just uh, not using, not frustrated, but you'll, you'll get to a point where you want to add um, a little more advanced techniques, uh, impressed lines and things like that. But uh, yeah, to start out with, just uh, start with something and complete it. Um, and push it as far as you can with the saturation of the of the color and the pigment. The other thing, too, try out different papers. A lot of people like Bristol vellum. I hate working on vellum. That doesn't mean that one is right or one is wrong. It doesn't work for my techniques. So make sure that you are testing out a lot of different types of paper to see what is going to work best for you. And get the best materials possible. Buy artist grade materials. Uh, use good stuff. Don't 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 go with Crayola and stuff like that. Yeah, no. So our next question comes from an anonymous person who says, "How do I know when to burnish? It seems like I'm burnishing too early, and when I'm done, I see the paper showing through." Yeah, now this really does fit in very well with our last question. Um, yeah. I guess you know what they're talking about there is that kind of crayon kind of look where. Um, you can tell it's just pressed really hard, but but you still see white and that kind of thing. Um, it does make kind of a um, a bad looking dr- looking dr- does bad kind looking, of make huh? a yeah bad looking. bad looking. <laughs> yes, sir, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah, it it does make a a drawing look more like a crayon type of drawing or something like that. The thing I, I think the thing is you you want to again build up those layers and do it rather slowly. Be conscious and and make um, a deliberate effort to not press very hard early on. You know you want to go with sort of a a medium pressure and you want to be aware of that pencil tip again like we talked about in the first question you want to make sure that it's sharp enough that you're getting down into those valleys uh, so that uh, you are filling in a lot of the white of the paper even before you're ever burnishing because if like you said if you do burnish then too early yeah you are going to see that paper and it is going to be very very difficult to get any more uh, pigment than to stick on top of that all right so helen writes 
I am used to drawing with graphite, and I am sort of scared to start using colored pencils. How much do I need to know about color before I start, and what is the best way to learn color theory? Okay, so for this one, you need to know nothing to start. It's kind of like reading a whole bunch of manuals on how to drive before you've ever driven a car or tried or, you know. Oh, that's great, yeah. You really need to play with it before color theory will even begin to make sense to you. So get your colors, co try to copy what you see, just get the feel of the pencils. That way when you then go and find color theory books, and there are a million of them out there, when you find these color theory books, they're gonna make so much more sense to you because you have a little yeah. bit of experience. But if you start the other way, you just start reading book after book of color theory, it's going to not, it won't make a whole lot of sense. And you're going to have to reread all of that after you've started playing with color yeah. again. So save yourself some time. Start experimenting with those pencils. Give yourself permission to absolutely make a mess and fail. That is okay. There is nothing wrong with that. That is part of the learning process. But, yeah, and there's videos too. I mean, there's so yeah, many videos so many on it things. as well. But don't, I would say, do not worry too much about color theory until you've drawn a couple, you know, at least two or three pen colored pencil pieces. Get a little bit of a feel for the color and then go find, color, you know, color theory blogs, books, whatever it is that you're you want to read and start reading them. They're going to make so, so much more sense to you at that point. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing about it is, um, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely great just to just to start and try to figure some of that out, trouble through some of that as as you learn it. Because one of the things about it is you're not going to be just diving in and completely rendering like this full color, you know, the most intense, saturated color possible of opposites and and you know you're not going to start in with these color harmony uh drawings or these analogous uh, colors i mean it's just you see you're, right now chances you guys are, are you're, you're not, already confused about what he's saying because you haven't played with them yet and, and see, well, well well see but that's my point is they're probably you're probably going to stay with like three four you know five color hues you know that that type of range you're not going to be pushing it to any kind of limit at the beginning anyway so yeah, I I don't know. It it it's something that for me at least I start getting a little bit bored maybe with the current color palette and you know on your test paper there you always have a test paper whenever you're drawing a colored pencil. You're going to look over there at your test paper and you think, "Well, what if I push this just a little bit more? What if I use this this yellow or this opposite of uh you know this this opposite of this orange or something like that. You know, get get your color wheel out. That's the one thing about it, I think. Just grab your, you know, grab yeah. you a cheap color wheel and have that right there at the ready or use your um your your uh, photo program on your computer and uh or an app on your phone and uh you know, look at the color wheel and make some decisions that way and just test it on a test piece of paper and, you know, kind of push the limit for yourself just a little bit. And the first thing, when you start learning color theory, the very first thing that I would start paying attention to is that color wheel. Understand mm -hmm. what are your primary, what are your secondary colors, and mm -hmm. what are complementary colors, and what complementary colors mean to each other. That yeah. is a big deal, and it's not too overwhelming to get the general idea of what the complementary colors are and how they neutralize each other. Having that understanding will go, that alone will take you quite a ways. Yeah, it really will. And one of the things, you know, I'm not real sure. Let's see. She said that um, she draws in graphite. Is that mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, maybe 
maybe you've not done uh, painting or anything, but the other thing about it is to, uh, I guess, kind of keep in mind is that because colored pencil, they're uh, semi-transparent, um, you're not going to be um, pushing the colors back to this muddy area like you would with watercolor or some other uh, mediums. So you're not going to get exactly back to a neutral as much as you would with, with a, a, a painting medium. Uh, so just keep that in mind that you are going to uh, – you can make graduations in colors and you will – through the semi-transparent layers upon one upon another, uh, you can create your own colors, but it's it, it's slightly different than when you're painting. So our next question, Lee writes, I have two questions, cheater. Do you ever use graphite powder? And if so, could you explain how you use it? And I've been doing finely detailed graphite drawings recently, and because of the time involved in them, selling is highly unlikely, so I wanted to have them printed out, but the printers I've talked to are unable to pick up the light areas. I've been working on a close-up of a barn owl, and printing wouldn't show the detail, and printing wouldn't show the light detail on the face. Do you get your drawings printed? Okay, not trying to be snarky or anything, but I think you can sell them if you wish to do that. Set the price on them and try to sell them if you want to do that. If you choose not to do that and you want to get uh, copies made, then go ahead and do that. I've sold. And you can do both. You can sell and get yeah. prints made. Don't think it's one or the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but okay, so the thing is, I, I started out in graphite when I came back to art. I just that's what I thought I I was just going to do is just do graphite for a long time. And one thing about the graphite powder, I've used it. Um, you only need to buy one of those per lifetime, I think. Yeah, because definitely. Because <laughs> they last forever. Um, and I just use a brush and uh, to use it that way and put it on uh, with a brush. I do and, the same. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it covers pretty well, sticks pretty well. It's, it's fine, I think. Um, just try different really brushes had, because you'll get completely different looks with different types of brushes, different angles. Test them out. And you don't need expensive brushes. Yeah, because that's a good point. It does seem like it's, I don't know, it's sensitive. I don't know how to describe it. It it goes on there, you know, this dry brush, it just, it will, um, it can even pick up, if you have a very fine brush, it it can pick up like the strokes um, and all of that in, mm-hmm. in uh, where you uh, place it on your, on your support. Um, but yeah, it, um, it's nice. Um, it does have a bit of a residue. And you blow it before you get it kind of fixed on there, and it'll it'll uh, blow away. So just be aware of those things. All right. So the the printing though, uh, Lisa and I were talking about this just a little bit. Mostly we've you know developed our own copies, uh, the digital files of of our work. And you know I've done both though I've I've used a digital camera and then I've uh, also used a scanner. The scanner seemed to to work better with uh, color medium, you know, like colored pencil and that sort of thing, uh, depending on your scanner, uh, because you're using reflective light and graphite. One of the properties of graphite, obviously, is uh, reflection, and so it will act like a mirror and it could cause glare and that kind of thing. So it depends on the scanner itself. Now you go with a high-end scanner and you can get a very nice detailed uh, drawing. Uh, And I would venture to say it is easier with a very nice, um, like an industrial scanner to get a very detailed, accurate graphite uh, digital rendering 
than it would be to with your uh, DSLR. There'd be more setup and all that with a DSLR, a, a camera. Yeah, but most people aren't going to have access to that no, high-end well, industrial. No. And so that's where learning how to get the photos with your DSLR yeah. is a really big yes. deal. I What's happening here, your printers that you're taking to don't know how to get it. It's not right. that you can't get the light in there. That's absolutely not true. They don't know how to do it. It's, you know, apparently not what they specialize in. Go, if you can teach yourself to do your own, and especially, I mean, I'm not using a high-end, D- it's a Nikon DSLR, but my whole setup was maybe $500. You can get, if you're really serious about this, get yourself a decent DSLR. It's going to save you money versus taking it to a printer and paying them to come up with the initial image or paying a professional photographer. Yeah. You can learn to do this yourself. I'm not a photographer. I don't know what the heck I'm doing with my camera. If it's not an auto setting, I have no idea how to use it. But wow. I can get good print-worthy photos of my work by using that because a DSLR, a good one, is going to do most of the work for you. It's just an issue of learning how to get your light set up so that you can get the best photo possible that way. Yeah. Now, let me let me speak a word to uh, the scanner for just a moment. You're right that most people aren't going to have access to an industrial scanner. Um, now, the thing the thing about that is I, I do have a very nice scanner, and Epson actually makes some of the best scanners that you can buy. Um, and you it'll only set you back around 200 bucks. I mean, a really nice scanner. The problem is this. You can't find one with a large enough area to scan. I mean, you're and, and I don't want to stitch it together in Photoshop I've or anything like that. I've done that with 24 and by 36 is, inch paintings. Yeah, stitch it together 50 scans to get it yeah, all together. It looked great when I was done, but yeah, I spent but more it, time scanning so than I did work. painting. Right. Yeah, it's just too much work. Okay, so uh, very quick, because some quick tips here on how to take the picture yourself if you're going to do that. Get your Get some daylight bulbs. Okay, just it doesn't need to be anything fancy. You can even use cl- clamp lights if you don't have li- uh, lamp stands. And get some uh, clamp lights. Get them at a 45-degree angle, completely horizontal to where you uh, place your picture. Place your picture on a vertical wall so you're completely horizontal and parallel to it. And then put your camera on a tripod and be sure to s- turn on the timer so that uh, there's no shake or anything like that. Set the white balance. Make sure that that's set to a gray area, one of the gray areas in the middle of the painting, uh, of the dr- of the graphite drawing. Make sure it's one of the uh, grayish areas, not, not a real harsh. Um, well, I'm going to skip all that. It, anyway, r- read up on, on your white balance. Okay, so the thing is, <clears throat> the most important thing about that is, uh, to make sure that you control the lighting. Be in a dark room, have that controlled lighting at a 45-degree angle. Both bulbs, make sure they're the same bulbs and make sure that and a daylight bulb would be the best and make sure that uh, they are uh, the same distance and use a tape measure and make sure that your camera is completely in the middle of that horizontal plane uh, that you're uh, shooting at. And when you take that picture... You know, then then you have the opportunity to um, get it, you know, in your in your computer and play around with the levels and make sure that it that it looks accurate when you're looking at your uh, your drawing. Um, you can do this. I mean, it, it doesn't take it doesn't even take a, a DSLR. It doesn't have to be a DSLR. I should say you can do this with a point and shoot if if that's all you have. It um, might not look. It, I did not. It could well, be. I say it could I had be, terrible results in the past, but honestly, cameras have come a long way. They have. So, I mean, if, yeah, as may... long as you're using fine JPEG uh, setting, uh, if you can't shoot in RAW, 
then you should be okay. It may take a while to get it right, but I mean, you can do this. Okay, a word though about taking it to a printer. Here's the thing. Some of the, I've taken some of mine to um, a printer and I've had G. Clay's uh, created for me and uh, when I was only doing graphite. And I tell you what, I went in, Lisa, one time and I had, I had a portrait done and he brought it out. He he opened up the the uh, folder and he he showed me what he had there. And I thought it was my drawing. Seriously, I thought it was my drawing. Nice. But that guy specialized in doing graphite drawings, and he said it actually was more difficult and took him more time to do graphite drawings than it did uh, for color drawings or paintings. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see so, where that because I have a harder time getting the right photo with my graphite than I do my. It is tough. So, yeah, I mean, so you got to, you know, not all of them are created equal, right? I mean, you've got to figure out which printer is able, you know, has the experience and can do that. So if take it to a different one if they're not able to uh, create yeah, and don't let uh, someone a good tell rendering. You it's not possible either, that this no, is the best it's, it's going to be. Possible. No, that is not true. They just not personally, that person does not know how to, to best work with our medium. Right. All right. Well, again, if you guys would like to have your question featured here on the show, just go over to sharpenedartist.com slash Q&A, Q-A-N-D-A. If you guys would like to continue the discussion, we do that over there in the Color Pencil Podcast group on Facebook. And you can look at the show notes over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And thank you very much for joining us again today. And we will talk to you again next week. Never better. What in the world? <laughs> that was okay, great. it wasn't that funny, but you're laughing so hard. <laughs> that was funny. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. My brain keeps shutting off. I didn't even have sugar today. Um, what was it? I just had it. Oh, do you get your drawings printed? Blech. Do you get your drawings painted? Ah. Q and A. Q A N D A. All right. So we've got one Q here. Q and E A. Hmm? Did I say that? Q and E. Did I really say A-N-D-E-A. that? No. I think you threw Q-A-N-D-A. an extra E in there. Oh, well, what I meant to say is Q A N D A. Q and A. You'll have to check Sorry. that when you record it. Okay, I swear you. I heard an E. And if you didn't, I'm oh. a little bit frightened for myself right now. <laughs> okay. Thanks. All right.